BHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic, from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been around my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who Who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously, is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town, welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. Don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. BHH Productions KB Cabaret is brought to you this week by our sponsor, Slow 'em Down Spray In New Air Freshener Fragrance. Slow 'em Down and keep your job intact. With the holidays approaching, KB Cabaret presents a special best-of edition with a couple of Thanksgiving surprises. And we welcome our special musical guests, the Picklers. Welcome to our time to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. And now KB Cabaret presents Advice with Granny Ada, Parlor City's cherished advice columnist. Dear Granny Ada, my son is in middle school and is having a difficult time fitting in. He is constantly being badgered and bullied for looking too much like a girl. There is no outer feature that would cause anyone to think he is a girl. Yes, he has a pretty face, but his hair is short. He walks, talks, and dresses like a boy. I've talked to the administration about this situation, and their response is, Sticks and stones. He is at the point where he does not want to go to school anymore. I'm strongly considering homeschooling him. What should I do? Defending Pretty Man. Dear Defending, Bullying, no matter what shape or form, is bullying. There should be no tolerance to this type of behavior from the students. I'm surprised the administration does not feel the same. Having said this, I would examine your son. Does he have a special way of swinging his backside? Does his wrist hang limp? Does he like action figures a little too much? Today's children tend to be raised indifferently. Mothers think their sons should help with the dishes. Fathers think their daughters should play baseball. 
It's beyond me what this world is coming to. Boys should be raised as boys. Hair and clothes are just a part of the solution. Pierced ears are meant for little Latino girls, and theater classes are meant for no decent, morally upstanding citizen. Boys need strength. Football and military school are the necessary tools to raise your son. I would make my phone calls right away. Find the nearest armory. Go to the coach in his school. Man up your son. No more kissing, hugs, and bedtime stories. I detect your husband, if you have one, is not in the picture. Obviously, your son takes after him. A real man would not be frightened to stand up for his son's rights. A real man not let his wife take care of important administrative matters, and therefore you would not be in this predicament. You will need to make sure your son has a man's influence while you bake bread and stay in the kitchen. Not only will your men grow a pair, but your son will be able to pull a Hail Mary, kicking that ball over the goalpost, making a touchdown for the team. Thank you for writing, honey. Have a nice day. Granny Ada Over here, Beulah, hosting the show. Come on over. Ladies and gentlemen, Parlor City chef extraordinaire, Beulah Deschamps. Oh, my honey. Thank you, honey. It is nice to be back. How was the spa? Heavenly. I needed that getaway. You know, the trip's done wonders for my mindset. Glad to hear it. Leon has been a dear all along. I was such a fool. Do you know I suspected him of eyeing his secretary? I had no idea. Oh, yes. Well, his convincing and the mindfulness I have learned at the spa's therapy sessions have set me straight. I cannot tell you, Beulah, what a relief that is. Why, yes, dear. That is why I now can focus on the true meaning of Thanksgiving. Today I shall show you how to make old-fashioned brandied pumpkin pie. This is a lovely pie that has been handed down from my generation to generation now I will hand this recipe down to you and your lovely audience. Oh, I can't wait. Now, I brought you your apron, dear, and a special family heirloom. Oh, Beulah, how beautiful. Leon bought this crystal decanter for our anniversary 35 years ago, and we only take it out for special occasions such as this. Well, I am honored. Mm. Love, love, love brandy. Do you know brandy was discarded as an inferior product until the 15th century, since it was distilled from the pumice or mash of grapes and other fruit? <laughs> Lucky for us. People have come to their senses. Um, Beulah. Uh, I know, I know, dear. You can't drink while you're doing your little show. That's why I only brought one glass. Mm. Oh. Shame, though. Oh, let's wash up, dear, and make some pie. I brought pastry crust I made from home. 
This is made with shortening, as I feel shortening makes the crust nice and flaky. We'll have the recipe for the crust for you on our website. Yes, indeedy. I already gave the recipe to your webmaster. Warm up the oven to 400 degrees and get out the pumpkin. Okay, great. So, the pumpkin is in this can here? Yes, dear. I usually do not take the canned goods over fresh, but to make a fresh pumpkin, clean out the pulp, carve out the flesh, and boil it down to soften it is a pain in the you-know-what. Why, when we can easily go out and just buy a 100% pumpkin in a can already prepared. I totally agree. <laughs> One cup is all we need. Of the pumpkin and uh, the brandy. Uh, one cup of brandy in the pie? Oh, don't be silly, dear. That's for me. <laughs> you only need a quarter cup in the pie. Uh, oh, oh. I brought the eggs, brown sugar, spices, cream. Let's see here. Mm. 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 Where's my list? Oh, ha, ha, here it is. Oh, dear, if I didn't bring my, gla my glasses. Honey, dear, would, could you read this for me, please? Sure, Beulah. Let's see. Oh, boss, baby, you bad, bad boy. Baby, you happen to see my stockings in the office from the other night. I can't seem to find them. Uh, I don't think this is the list you were looking for. Hmm. Um. Beulah? Mindfulness. Um, oh, this meditation stuff is a godsend. Um, uh, um, um, boys, yeah, yeah, take her home. Um, I'll just um, tear up this um, little piece of paper um, here. Um, um, um. Well, folks, once again, Beulah has left us on a highly meditative note. I'd like to thank Beulah Deschamps for sharing her delicious recipe with us. And to be fair, we'll post the complete recipe of this old-fashioned brandied pumpkin pie on our website, kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com. Love our parents. We know we can't kill them, so that's why we write comedy. KB Cabaret presents The Dysfunctionals. Watching a movie. What's wrong? Tell me why I have to stay again. Because it's Sunday, and it's movie night. Deal with it. Yeah, but it's Graham's choice this week. So? That's why I want to go. Her taste sucks. She likes classics. They're old. They may be old, but they're salty. The movies? Oh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about your grandparents. No, I was talking about the videos Grandma chooses. They're classics. They're old. Besides, I hate it when she tells everybody what's going to happen next. Elizabeth, that's what she does. I know. 
It's annoying. Listen, Elizabeth, I know it sucks watching old boring movies, but that's what families do. What, commit suicide? No, sacrifice and suffer in silence. They're here, so shh. Mom, Dad, finally. We would have been here two hours earlier, but your mother couldn't find her glasses. I was looking everywhere for them, and do you know where they were? On your, your head. head? <laughs> no, they weren't on the bed. They were on my head all along. That's what they said. Are you even listening? It wasn't on the bed. Never mind. So, what did you bring? Hmm? What movie did you bring? You don't have to shout, dear. I can hear you. What stinks? Nice to see you, too, Dad. Do I smell onions? I hate onions. I made soup and sandwiches. Well, I'm glad I already ate. It's freezing in here. I turned up the heat to 80. Your mother is cold. Turn the heat on. I'll bring you a blanket. So, what movie did you bring, Grams? Oh, hello, dear. My, you're so tall. How did you get so tall? <laughs> I'm sure glad she wasn't five foot ten when she was born. <laughs> Such a beautiful face. You know, dear, if you lost some weight, the boys would go crazy. Ma, please. No, I'm serious. Just 20 pounds. Could we not talk about weight right now? Elizabeth is fine, just the way she is. What are you talking about? She's fat. She needs to lose weight. Then I could show her off to my friends who have sons. Could you please stop it, the both of you? Elizabeth is a perfectly beautiful young woman, and she has admirers. Mom? Well, you do. So what movie did you bring, Mother? She has admirers, really? Who the hell are they? I never see you with a young man, dear. That's because she looks like a boy with her hair cut that short. Really, dear, you have such a beautiful face. You should grow your hair. Yeah, you look like a let- Father, stop it. You're such an idiot. What kind of mother lets her daughter cut her hair that short? Like a man. Well, this is nice. Uh, drinks, anyone? Get me what you're drinking and make mine a double. A woman shouldn't drink, dear. It's not ladylike. What do you expect? She's no lady. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I never drink. I know, Mother. Stanley, did you ever see me drink? No, your mother never drinks. Never. You have stronger willpower than I do. That's why you and your daughter are both fat. Here we are, drinks all around. You know, I just about had it with you two. Why do you need to insult everyone? You have no respect talking that way. I have no respect? There she goes, always yelling, yelling, yelling. You have a big mouth. So, uh, what are we watching tonight, Mother Ruth? Well, maybe if you didn't call everybody fat. You're an idiot. Your mother's crying. I don't feel like staying, Stanley. Let's go. Oh, come on, folks. This is just one big misunderstanding. Dad, let them go. We aren't demanding. When did we demand anything from you? All I wanted was to come over and share one of my favorite films. Let's go, Alice. It was a stupid movie anyway. Mom, Dad, I'm sorry. You're an idiot, making your mother cry like that. Come on, Alice. Dad. Get your fat ass out of the way. Grandpa. And you, you, grow your hair. Well, at least tell us what movie you brought over. Life with Father. <laughs> Thank you.
And so our saga ends again for now. But join us next time for The Dysfunctionals. I would like to welcome uh, a very talented group of people to our show today. Uh, Dave Rice in Landon. And you have a very interesting nickname, Landon. So I'll let you tell us what it is in a second. I know there's one other person missing from your group is Sarah, or Dave, your wife. The band is called Picklers. I love this band. It's started about a year ago. And I'd like to ha- find out, how did you guys get together? So young and so old and, and soulful at the same time. <laughs> so the Picklers came about because we were all in previous bands that didn't work out for one reason or another around the same time. Um, that's how I met Landon. Yeah, I'm Landon. I play the banjo. People call me Crash Landon sometimes. He also plays fiddle for us. Him and I were in a bluegrass band. And uh, my wife, Sarah, who plays bass for the Picklers now, uh, her and I were in a surf rock band. And we got together with Landon and started doing the ragtime stuff and jug band. And that was a lot of fun. So it's kind of how it worked out. Oh, and uh, my name is Dave Rice. I play guitar and kazoo, and I sing for the Picklers. Our first selection from the Picklers, Butter Biscuit, an original song written by Dave Rice. Is there anything else we need? I think we're done shopping for the barbecue party. Besides, my feet are telling me it's time to stop shopping. They're killing me. Then let's check out. I may just get home in time for the game. (laughs) You would think just for one Saturday afternoon you can survive without baseball. 
bite your tongue. Oh, look! This checkout line has no line. Nice scouting. Thank you. Hi. Plastic okay? Sure. Bet I know what you're making. Grilling? Yes. We are having a barbecue tomorrow. Supposed to be a nice day tomorrow. Could rain now around 3 o'clock. There's a 40% chance in the afternoon. Well, we'll deal with it if we have to. Yeah. Oh, say I love these. Hoffman has the best hot dogs. Did you ever have their white hots? Uh, yeah, yes, they're good. These are different. Low sodium. 50% less sodium than regular Hoffman's German Frank's 320 milligrams. See, that's good, isn't it? I wonder how much salt the White Hots have. We ate way too much salty food. My Henry, for instance, I tell him, I say, Henry, you eat way too much salt. You're going to get a stroke one of these days from too much salt. Do you think he listens? Stop talking to her. We'll never get out of here. I'm not talking to her. Now, these are good for you. Whole grain buns. The unbleached stuff is what's not good for you. But whole grains... But you gotta watch out for the corn syrup. Some of these breads slipped up in here. Let's see. Crying out loud. Nope. No, you're good. Just plain sugar. Better for ya. I keep telling Henry a teaspoon of real sugar won't kill ya, Henry. Who knows what's in those artificial sweeteners? I know. <laughs> Say, could you hurry along? Uh, my husband wants to catch his game on TV. Oh, sure, sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I think. Any good? I never tried the Fuji apples. I see these go through a lot. I, I usually don't go for apples. Although, if they're baked, look out. That's a whole different ball game. Ball game? Is this for real? Here, why don't I hand these for you and you can scan them. Oh, that's nice of you. Uh, but I got this system. I streamline, makes the scan and go faster. See, I just face the barcodes this way, and bam they go through like, oh, Crazy Richard's Chunky Peanut Butter. Man, I go nuts for these. Probably could eat through the whole jar. No sodium, just natural. Two for five bucks, can't beat that. No, you can't. Well, for the love of Pete, I'm going. You can take a cab. Stop it, she's almost done. Okay, then. Coupons? Yes. No coupons. No coupons. So that will bring the total to $68.68. Hey, you should play those numbers. Can't come up with a total like that twice. Here's a hundred. Thank you. I'll just swipe the pen on this. Did you know what they put on these hundred dollar bills to make it harder to counterfeit? See, when you hold it up, there's the Liberty Bell hidden in the inkwell. And do you feel the raised print on Ben's shoulder? Here, here, feel that. Cool, honey, feel that. Seriously? You never can be too careful, but who knows? Big Brother may be watching. Can we just get our change? Sure, sure. 
<laughs> you men are all the same, just like my Henry, always in a hurry to get to the game. Have a nice day. H hope it won't rain on your barbecue. Sweet, first trip with my new GPS app. Just a quick setup and I'm off to the beach. Welcome to the new on-the-spot GPS phone app. Please state your name. My name is Michael. Now, choose a personality type for your GPS. Please choose male or female voice. Ooh, uh, female, please. Now, choose language and accent. Keep English, please, and what accent? Well... Irish women are sexy. I choose Irish. Thank you. Setup is now complete. Enjoy your new GPS app. Good morning, Michael. Where can I take you today? My goodness. Well, uh, I'd like to go to the beach. Do you have a name? Yes, it's Fiona. <sighs> what beach and where is it, Michael? Oh, it's uh, Seaview Beach on Ocean Ave. Wait a moment while I calculate the best route, Michael. Sure, no problem. Anything yet? Hold on, Michael. Sorry, Fiona. Apology accepted. There now, Michael. I've got the whole thing planned. Turn right out of your driveway and proceed down Beach Street for two miles. Okay, Fiona. Here we go. Michael, do you want a route that avoids the tolls? No, I don't mind paying the tolls. <laughs> well, you spend your money in whatever foolish way you want. I will recalculate the route. What? Excuse me, Michael. Do I interrupt you when you are thinking of ways to waste money? I'm calculating here. Left turn! Oh! <laughs> that was abrupt. Uh, I'm only saying I, I don't mind paying the tolls if it gets me there quicker. Oh, so now I am abrupt. And I'm not capable of finding a route that is quick and inexpensive. Is that what you're saying, Michael? Right turn! Oh my God! Don't take the Lord's name in vain, Michael. I'm sure you're very capable, Fiona. I just want to go to the beach. You tell me the way, way you think best. Good. That is the only intelligent thing you've said so far. Left turn, no! <laughs> no, Michael, your other left, you great idiot. Why are you yelling at me? Because you're obviously stone deaf. Now, I have recalculated, and now you have to take a right, then a right, and another right to get back on the right route. You were so nice when I picked you. Why are you so mean? Are you calling me mean, Michael? No, no, I'm not. I think you just did. Can we just get back to the route to the beach? I'm not talking to you, Michael. Fiona, please. Say you're sorry. All right, all right, I'm sorry. I don't think that was sincere. Okay. I'm sorry, Fiona. Very well, then. Recalculating. 
why do you want to go to the beach for anyway, Michael? Because it's my day off, and it's a great place to meet pretty women. You can meet plenty of nice women at church, you know. I don't want to go to church. I want to go to the beach. It's not even Sunday. It does not have to be Sunday to go to church. Your mother must be so proud of you, Michael. Okay, enough of this. Just take me to the beach. Fine. Right, turn ahead. In 20 feet, you have reached your destination. This is a church. It certainly is, Michael. It seems to have been too long since you darkened the door. I want to go to the ocean. Like, I'm going to be a party to you picking up strange, half-naked women when you could be at confession. I think I need a drink. Oh, a drunk driver. I've alerted the police. You know, I'll just walk home from here. Do as you like, Michael. And thank you for using on-the-spot GPS by the makers of on-the-spot personal trainer and on-the-spot life coach. Have a nice day. And say your rosary. Now, I love the sound of your band. It's so old-fashioned. It's more than just retro. I mean, we're going back to the 20s. Tell me, how did you come about with the sound for Picklers? Uh, I've always liked old ragtime songs. I just found some old antiques, uh, some 78 records at an antique store, and uh, it started there pretty much. I think for me it was uh, more that when I was a teenager I was really into 50s rock, and then I kind of researched the roots of that and got into 40s stuff, and then that kind of led into the 30s and 20s jazz and ragtime stuff that I'm into now. Once again, The Picklers with an original song called Just Cause. Written by Dave Rice.
And now, The Wedding by Bree Harvey. Margaret was in love, or so she thought. A virgin at the age of 23, first love can be blinding. After all, she never dated, and the man she was marrying, she only knew for three months. But love, it was, right? The plans were in full throttle. Justice of the peace, to perform the ceremony, check. Hall for the reception, check. Five-piece, top-fifty band, check. Gown, amazing, check. It was a reduced-price sale prom dress at Saks Fifth Avenue, only a hundred and fifty bucks. But who cared? It was perfect. White and sequins and a four-inch pink taffeta sash on the waist. I stated before, amazing. Someone told Margaret to buy leather shoes so she could wear it again. Not the typical cardboard, uncomfortable bridal shoe. <laughs> Check. She followed that person's advice, although she couldn't remember who told her. Veil, white daisies with a 50-inch tool. Check. Only one more day. Her father got plastered that night. They had a big party. Guests flew in from as far as Washington State. That was a big haul, considering <laughs> the wedding was in upstate New York. Her father never got drunk, but for some reason he chose that night before her wedding to become totally full-fledged inebriated. He was on the floor of his bedroom by the time the night was over, on the floor repeating over and over and over again, Why? Why? Her best friend from high school attended the party the night before the wedding. He was the typical tall, dark, and totally drunk. Margaret, I think we should talk he said as he held her arm and led her to the porch outside her house. "'Are you sure you want to go through with this?' he asked. "'Yes,' Margaret answered. "'You know, I will do anything to defend you,' he said. "'Really?' Margaret asked. Y "'You know, I, I've always been in love with you.' "'Stupid, stupid, stupid,' Margaret was thinking as the words were unfamiliar, almost hostile to her ears, pouring out of her mouth without any barriers. His response was not what she had been expecting. "'I I have always loved you, too. You know what? Marry me instead.' Margaret was floored. "'Holy cr— Oh, my life is like a soap opera,' she thought. "'Yes!' is all she could say. They kissed. A weird kind of kiss, almost like she was kissing her brother that she never had. But they kissed. Margaret wrote a note to her former fiancé. Dear fiancé, it stated, life, life has, life has strange twists and turns. You are special, but I'm in love with someone else and decided to marry him instead. Don't worry, you'll be fine. Trust me, we will be better off this way. Goodbye. She folded the letter and sealed it in the envelope. Then she started to pack. The next morning, the call came in. You know, the type of call that has, what was I thinking I was so drunk kind of call? Yep, it was Margaret's best friend. Uh, Marge, I love you. You know I do, but... I'm too young to make such a commitment. I, I had a little too much to drink last night, and Margaret's heart tried to save face. I know, she said. I understand. She hung up the phone in a trance. Her world was in chaos. What was she going to do now? 
The letter she was going to send her fiancé was still on her bedroom dresser. She looked at it, and after a few seconds, tore it up. Her father looked at his beautiful daughter in the white sequin dress with the four-inch pink sash and the daisies in her hair. "'You sure you want to go through with this?' "'I'm sure,' she told her beloved father with tears pouring down her eyes. Faces by John Samuel Heasley Today there is a meeting. Shall I wear my business face? I might need it a little tighter than usual. You know, just in case. Later, I'll be putting on the friendly one. Helps me to relax and to forget how my day might turn around. Although, that hasn't happened yet. I do like to wear my happy face. I'm afraid, though, it's worn a bit too thin. It's the one I keep in my pocket, should I need it. Other people are used to seeing it time and time again. Last night, I didn't wear my happy face. In fact, I left it at home. I threw it in a room I rarely go, in a corner, safe, but all alone. Underneath my happy face, a face that's always there. I've found it under all my other faces, too. My sad old face is everywhere. I get lost so easily, just wondering what face to show. They're getting all mixed up of late. What face to wear or who I am? Not quite sure I know. My happy face is somehow to blame, I'm sure, and I'm not sure now what to do. Maybe I'll leave it in that room, in that corner. Problem is, I think I'm in there, too. Please begin. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been one year since my last confession, and these are my sins. Well, Father, I, I don't know how to say this. Don't worry. God understands and forgives us all. There, there is nothing you could say that would shock me. Well, Father, that puts me at ease. Now go ahead, my son. Well, Father, I've had six outside of marriage. Mm, how many times have you done this, my son? 347 times in the past year. My goodness, th 347 times with one woman in one year. Oh, no, Father. Many different women. A few times with each. Well, you, you must travel far and wide to find that many sinful women. Does, does your job take you all over the country? Oh, no, Father. I, I work and live in the village. I've never left the village. When I see you're pulling my leg, there are no more than a hundred women in this entire village. So, so there's no way your story could have happened. But... You have added being a sinful liar to your sins. I swear it's all true. Of course it is not true. I, I was saying to my housekeeper just the other day how the people today have no regard for the truth. Oh, Mrs. O'Reilly. Lovely woman. Large breast. Likes a good pat on the bottom. Are you saying that my housekeeper has been up to no good with the likes of you? Well, just three times at the most. Good Lord, man, she's a member of the church choir. Ah, the choir. Mrs. Shields, choir director. And then Maggie, Angela, Colleen, Rose, Sheila, Peg. Oh, and so many more. All spectacular women in their own unique ways. The whole choir. The choir my choir. Afraid so, Father. No. 
I refuse to believe any of this. Besides, it is mathematically impossible for you to have done this. As I said, there cannot be more than 100 women in this village. I see your point, Father, but apparently I'm very good at this particular sin, and I can only assume it was word of mouth. Word of mouth. I I still refuse to believe it because it physically is impossible for you to have done this. It would require you to have done the, the act more than three times a day over the course of a year. So, so there. Not trying to be snotty here, Father, but you stick to your area of expertise and I'll stick to mine. As I said, I'm very good at this particular sin, so it's not more than three times a day every day, just some days. And, I mean, just do the math, 100 into 365. Well, well, all I can say is I'm glad the doors of the convent are locked. Yes, except Tuesday and Thursday afternoons between three and six. My God, man, I am gobsmacked. It means I am the shepherd of the village of loose women. If what you say is true, then you have not only committed the grave sin of sex outside of marriage. Many of the women you speak of are married. That means you and they are nothing but dirty adulterers. Let's not pile on here, Father. Pile on? All right, that's quite enough. One thousand Hail Marys and one thousand Our Fathers. Now get out of here before you implicate my dear mother. Well, that's another reason I came here today, my son. Uh, once again... Another rendition by the Picklers of Yes, She Does, No, She Don't, written by the California Rambles. Oh! 
KB Cabaret presents A Short Tall Tale by John Montgomery. Hey, Sally. Great job at the show tonight. You were really funny. Oh, thanks, Sherman. You were funny, too. The audience loved it. How about we go out for a drink and celebrate? No, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, why not? You seeing somebody? No, I just don't think you and I would be compatible. Compatible? What are you talking about? We're both funny comedians. How much more compatible could we get? Well, you know, you and I are just different. Different? You mean because you have a PhD and I got kicked out of high school? No, I, I don't care about that. Is it because you're a Republican and I do that routine about Sarah Palin and the Alaskan salami? I really hate that routine, Sherman. It's not funny. But what if I change it to Hillary Clinton and the pepperoni from Arkansas? It's got nothing to do with the comedy routines. Uh-oh. You found out about the declawed gerbils, didn't you? What declawed gerbils? N- never mind. Well, what's the problem? Why don't you want to go out with me? Okay. I really didn't want to say this, but just look at us. I'm a foot taller than you. Taller? Are you sure? Well, let's line up back to back. Don't slouch now. See? Um, I think it's the shoes you're wearing. Get real, Sherman. I'm tall. You're short. It's as plain as the nose on my face. Wait, I can't see your nose. That's what I'm talking about. I'm Janet Jackson, and you're Jermaine Dupree. I'm Nicole Kidman, and you're Tom Cruise. I'm Katie Holmes, and you're Tom Cruise. Well, those couples did it. Why can't we? They all broke up. Come on. These things are much more common these days. People will laugh at us. We're comedians. They're supposed to laugh at us. Yeah, when we're on stage. Not when we're walking down the street. We'll look undignified. Undignified? What, are we going to church? Couples should look dignified. We can be dignified. Dignity comes from respect and friendship and love. Let's give it a try. Really? We can be dignified? Of course. We can be as dignified as anybody else. Okay, but always dignified. It's important to me. Always dignified. Let's have a dignified hug. I can't breathe! That wasn't dignified at all. I'm out of here. Where are you going? To get a drink. Top shelf. You can't reach the top shelf. I'd like to report a fight. Are you in immediate danger? No, I'm safe. Describe your circumstance, sir. Well, about two weeks ago, we all agreed that I would host Thanksgiving this year. Uh-huh. Well, my sister's husband had to work, and she didn't feel like packing up all the kids and traveling here by herself. You're calling because your sister couldn't make it for dinner? No, I'm, I'm calling about the fight. Continue, but please get to the point. Right. So my Uncle Lenny, who always complains that he never gets a drumstick, thinks he's going to get one this year because my sister's husband isn't coming. Excuse me? Yeah, right. He's not even close to being next in line to get one. Besides, those things only come two to a bird, you know. I'm sorry, sir. Don't be. Dad always gets one. And, because I'm hosting this year, I should get the other one. 
Sir, we can't continue. I know. It's a no-brainer, right? So just to save the peace, I give up my drumstick to Uncle Lenny. But now my dad is all mad at me, and he's like, That's your leg, damn it. And then he's... Sir, sir, you can't call 911 to complain about your dinner problems. I'm not. I'm calling about the fight. What about the fight? Well, Dad and Uncle Lenny are fighting over which football game to watch, and there's only one TV. He said to watch the Giants. I would like to thank Dave Rice and Landon, or Crash Landon, from the Picklers for being here on our show today. We're going to end with one of my favorite songs, Lulu's Back in Town, written by Chick Bullock, and this is an old one, uh, your rendition. Before we end, Dave, tell us where we can find your songs, your albums, where you play. I know you have a website. I know you're on Facebook. Let the audience know. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for having us here in the KB Cabaret. You can check out The Picklers on our YouTube channel, or you can check us out at facebook.com slash parlorcitypicklers. We post everything about our upcoming gigs there. Come out to a gig is the only way to get one of our CDs. We've got two albums. Our newest is called Taste Like Chicken, and we've got a self-titled, The Picklers. Uh, both CDs are only $5. You can only get them at a gig, so come and check us out. Thanks so much to Bree Harvey for having us today, and everyone out there, enjoy your Saturday. And now, The Picklers' version of Lulu's Back in Town. Thank you.
Well, folks, that's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. Starring Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, Bree Harvey. Original skits by Bree Harvey, Kate and Bill Murray, Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, John Carey, and John Montgomery. Original music by Bree Harvey. Musical arrangements by Christina Donella. Sound engineer and editor, Charles Berman. We had a grand old time here at Parlor City with our friends here and where you are. Next week, we will start our communicating all over again with crazy antics, short stories, skits, songs, and, if we get Beulah up, her recipes. Please visit our website at kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com to find her recipes, our sponsors, and contest entry rules for poetry and short stories. Why should we be the only ones who write? That's right. We want to hear from you and your talented ways. When we choose the pieces you have written, read it on air as well as print it on our website. The hardworking, fun-loving folks here at Parlor City say there are no goodbyes, only farewells. And above all, come and visit next week, same time, same station, at KB Cabaret. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. Love to have you and share our parlor city. Come back again now to KB Cabaret.